one go. All right. Welcome, everybody, to a, another episode of the Just Love podcast. We're celebrating our one year. Just Love tonight. Is it Just Love? Oh, Just no. Love. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I can't even. It's been one year, and I still can't get that guy right. Uh, so just impolite love, one year. Well, we, we even argued about that because I said one year and you said no. Well, it's been technically, I think it's been almost a little more than a year. Not the day. Over a year. It's a little over a year. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Dave and I'm here with... Jen. Jen. Jenny. Jenny. Parker. Parker. Ellen. Something. Mm-hmm. So... <clears throat> Welcome. Tonight we're going to be talking about. Well, I'm going to be very, really kind of interviewing Jen tonight. Yeah, you've been um, you've been on a hiatus from the podcast world. Yeah, there's been a lot going on. I'm a busy man. You're very busy. So um, I think that yes, you're going to be the host tonight. So I'm I'm hosting. So uh, tonight we're going to talk about. I want I want to talk about because I think it's really fascinating. And it's going to delve into you know, some side conversations, I'm sure. We're going to do gender roles, aren't we? No, we're not going to do gender <laughs> roles. No, I, I won that fight hands down. Did so you? There's, there's, no, there's no argument again. I was going to do uh, kind of what your political career or your experiences. The very quick world. lived. What's that? The very quick lived. Well, very quick lived. But I think um, you... I, I I really appreciate your perspective on it because a you were in it, so I mean uh, a lot of Harry, uh, a lot of people think they know how politics work and everything, and I think for the most part, I think it's just have, like House of Cards. Well, well, yeah, but but it's what I mean. So I think people think <laughs> you've watched like, that show. Yeah, it, that it's that that's how it is. But it's 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 different to see it like on TV and think about it, or think you know what it is. And then you talk to somebody that's been in the political world mm-hmm. and hear like the firsthand accounts. And like I, yeah. I have some political experience in the sense of I've dealt with po- politicians directly. But you said you were on the job. planning board. I Well, planning board, but even when I... When that's I, as political as you can get. I well, have this theory that the closer you get to home while you're a civil servant or oh yeah, in government of any type, the closer you are to home home the harder it is well i like my experience is more yeah i was on a planning board in, in new york for a while but it's more like when i was working in massachusetts for the massachusetts emergency management agency i dealt with i briefed the governor several times talked to senators both you know uh uh federally uh, the uh, state mm-hmm. uh representatives you know so i i did i have some political I don't want to say experience. No, but, just different touching points with right. the system. Like I, was, I was, it was more of a working relationship in a mm-hmm. sense, but not a political relationship. Sure. Although it is, there is politics. I mean, I just taught a course this past week on uh, uh, advanced instant command systems. And one thing I talk about, and it does mention the course, but, you know, politics mm-hmm. uh, get involved. And, you know, uh, one thing I used to uh, we used to say in the Army all the time, and I heard also further on uh, in my career as emergency manager, you know, politics shouldn't be involved. Well, of course it's going to be involved. It cannot be involved. Well, um, what is what is politics? Just, Anything, it, it can be any, or negative. but politics is you know policy. So any right. any large system, organization, or group of people becomes naturally political. Look of at course. like 
like the high school kids, right? Yeah. Like there's a hierarchy. Yeah. There's a well, way. The, the, the book, The Lord of the Flies, right? Yeah. You know, well. It, but still, there's a, a hierarchy. There's a, a system that gets put in place and rules mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. But tell, well, so, for, let's, let's tell us your, like, you got elected to the state legislature. Legislature. That was the first thing. So there's legislator, legislative, and legislature. Yeah. And it's um, you know, there's there's all these little, what are they called? Are they called not puns, but just little, um, what are they called? Like drinking from a fire hose. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? What are those called? Puns. Are they are they puns? But like you go there. Well, wait, where do you want to start? Like, well, it's just I, I, like, so, so I, you, I you, was approached. Right. So tell, bring us through it. So, you know, you're, you're Jennifer Parker one day and then you start on this political path. So, what well, no, I didn't get, I got invited on the political path. So, right. so tell us how, how, how did that happen? Mm-hmm. Why? Well, I became, so through my writing, mm-hmm. oddly enough, um, and at the time, when I had my other business, a little, the little hat company that really, that got national press. So that kind of, um, put a face to the name because we were in newspapers. Um, you know, today show, weren't you? Well, I, I, the hats were on the today show oh. because the hats were, can I just close that door? We, we thought we'd try to do do the podcast with at the house again with the puppies. We'll see how this goes. Um, but it's spring in Maine and everything's, everybody's moving around and all the animals are. <laughs> Go lay down. Ruby. All right, Ruby, that's enough. Um, Come here. Go lay down. The puppies got exiled from the podcast for a few episodes. Yeah, lay down. Was, that one episode, it was... Poor oh Linda. My God, it was just constant. I know you were listening to it, and then you were texting me as you were listening to it, and you're like, "No more." Yeah, it's just brutal. It's, it's brutal. So we've got the puppies next to us now. So, so what? So yeah, say. So you got recruited. Who recruited you, and why? Well, so the current the <clears throat> current state representative was Mark Eves, and he actually rose to, rose the ranks and was elected as the Speaker of the House. You know, he's, he's one of those individuals that I just, I, you meet someone and you instantly like them, you know, it's just, I just aligned with, um, his ideologies, but then also he was a kind, caring and very charismatic. His wife had reached out to me because she had been reading my blog for a bit. So she reached out to me behind the scenes and asked Ruby, Ruby, stay here, asked if um, I'd meet. And then um, that turned into um, a friendship. And then, I don't know, Mark need. So when you leave, when you decide to leave, um, if you don't, so there's a couple of things that can happen. You get elected for a two-year term. There are term limits in Maine. So you can only, I think it's four terms. Oh, okay. So, but you can, so you can take a term off or you can move to the 
between the houses. So, oh, you, so if you're a Senate. representative and you term out, then you can run for, for Senate. Senate right. And then you can go back to the House of Representatives. Or you can simply take a term off and then run again. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mark was terming out. And it's traditionally when you term out or decide not to run, it's quasi your responsibility mm-hmm. to fill your seat for someone to run for your seat. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, Part of what was going on. I'm not political to the. Um, it's not that I don't care. No, you definitely care. You're very uh, passionate about what you know. Your beliefs. Things. And things I, I care about. Right, like, and that's and that's personally. And, well, I mean, I mean, just talking to you about this stuff in the past, like, I mean, this is just my personal. Like, I, I want people that care uh, in the political realm. They should care. I mean, I mean, we can get into like you know. I, you know what people, so one of the things that I realized is people like to throw shade on politicians and just like anything else in life, not everybody gets along with everybody. Oh no! Not everybody operates the system the same way, right? Like there are do-gooders, there are people that, uh, what's the word, skirt the... Uh, Yeah, 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 live on the edge or... uh... Uh, take shortcuts. Take, take the people take advantage. There are people, people that are more charismatic. The there are right. people that are better with the public. There are people that are more studious that right. you'll find well, them in the library it's researching. It's just like anything else. It's I mean, just you, like you anything any else. Other group of people together, you're going to have that. I um, can't. It's hard for me to believe that being serving for that one term, and again, it was a hostile time, and I sat on a heady so, committee. Well, so, so but let's, let's, let's but let me just finish here what you said. It's hard for me to believe that anyone goes into politics, especially state, local, without caring. Yeah. Now, does that mean that what they care about aligns with what you care about? No. So, yeah. So, when so, you're, you're elected, I mean, and you, you, maybe you'll talk about this a little later or now, but, uh, you know, because what your beliefs and what you care about like well so you're representing a group of people and of course that those group of people are going to have what they care about if you will and what's important that well and that's another range yeah and that's another huge question so if i as a state representative so i was at the time district six and the numbers change every so many terms so like um kittery will be district one for so many terms why does it change well because then it switches and then Kittery becomes the district. Last. Yeah, the last one. Why? What's, what's the uh, gosh, and I'm not claiming I know a lot about state politics or even the state of Maine because there's yeah. so much information. I don't know. It just does. And then we apologize to Ruby. She's calm, <laughs> which is great, but she has found people love the Ruby, and she likes to. She's gnawing. Gnawing, but that's okay. That's better than the barking. So. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I didn't even know that happened. I had no idea that that. So happened. when I was held office, my so my plate yeah, right is District, District Six. Six. Yeah. But so when you get elected, you get elected by people that align with your ideologies, right? right? Or that they so state politics. I'm sure, and I know that a lot of people that I've known over the years that are of a different party voted for me. Like I had, I was known when I got elected in Augusta because my my sign was in the same yard next to the president's sign when he was running. 
So oh. two extreme different ideologies. One person has so, both of our signs. Yeah. When, when you went, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's that's interesting. Yeah. Well, so what I what I quickly found out is when you get elected, who are you representing? Mm-hmm. Because you get to the state house, and are you representing your own ideologies? Mm-hmm. Are you representing your party and the way in which your party wants you to vote? Yeah. Or are you representing the people of your district? Well, the people of your district have such different views and different agendas and different things that they care about. When you're in the hot seat and you're sitting in the house in your chair and your desk, and um, so the front of the, the hall on the right side and the left side are these massive um, marquees and they have each representative's name. And then a red and green light next to each. So they vote for or against. So you're voting for or against. So when you're in that hot seat, it's down. It's you're naked. It's yeah. down to you. Are you going to vote yay or nay? Yeah. And there's little buttons on your desk. It's a. It's a really. It's a. Um, it's a very humbling experience. Well, I imagine it must be. I mean, it's, 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 it had to be interesting. To, I mean, I just. I. I just find you know, we. But I would have I would have constituents, um, write you know send emails, write letters, and honestly, a lot of the times the action groups would send emails on behalf of the yeah, constituents. Right. So they yeah. sometimes the constituents wouldn't even know that an email was sent in their name because right. oh. I would be you know like I saw someone's eighteen year old send an email to me. I would send out a note to their parents. I'm so proud of so and so for being like, involved. And they're like. About? Yeah, like so. How like so? That's good. like so. Action groups. I mean, obviously, there's lobbyist groups. Or, or are they the same? Uh, and then, like, let me talk a little bit like how they. Not necessarily. I guess they do. I mean, obviously, they influence, but like how they, what their role is, if you will. Can so, I share a really neat story oh, though? Yeah, please. Um, so, and what I wanted to talk about too is a lot of times when you're saying, "Oh, I could never run. I could never afford it." Yeah, I say that all the time. So, like, my God, I mean, well, I'm thinking more federally, but mm-hmm. you know, um, locally, I imagine it's it's a little bit easier, but it's still, I mean, yeah, well, so- in the state of Maine, um, we passed something called the Clean Election Act. Yeah. So, um, what mm-hmm. happens is, if you participate in the clean elections, you collect signatures, and for so many right. signatures, you get so many dollars that are public uh-huh. dollars. So, those tax dollars going to. It's donation dollars, donation donation dollars from, yeah, but the point is, so instead of campaigning with um, money from corporations or PAC money or different groups. So you don't have to be a part of the clean election. No, it's a choice. So you can use your own monies or you can create a PAC where you. Like, so you get donations from whoever. For whoever. So, but the, the ID. The idea behind the clean elections is that I'm not tied to anyone. I'm not beholden to any group once I get elected. So if you become part of the clean elections, can you get money from like, you know, corporation? No, it's very stringent. You're not allowed. It's very stringent. So if you decide to swim in that pool, you're it's it's another ideology. It's that you, you know, Citizens United were at the federal level allowed corporations limitless groups groups, limitless donations so even in the clean elections act like um 
the most I could get, and again, I, this has been a while since I've done this and it's, it's not my passion like politics, but I, I, there was a ceiling on how many $5 donate. There was a ceiling on how much you could get from each individual. And it was not big. Right. Um, and it had, you know, so you couldn't get a donation of a thousand dollars. Right. Dave Glazebrook could not donate a thousand dollars to my campaign. Right. If I ran clean elections, if I can only donate so much and I, and to start even like say the clean election money hadn't come in yet and I needed to get some signs printed. There's even like regulations on that, that just keeps a ceiling to make sure everything's on the up and up. Mm. But then, so even making that decision to run clean elections or not, you've already set yourself up as this group is going to get behind you. This group is going to like, not be behind write you, you off, you know, right. Or yeah, write you off. I just not bother with you. But, um, the, one of the things I wanted to just share, which was really kind of an extraordinary experience is, so my children are 12 years apart and our school system, Marshwood schools in fourth grade, um, every class would take a bus trip mm-hmm. up to Augusta to the Capitol. And then, just, you know, tour the Capitol, you know, sit in a committee, sit in, um, if, if there was something going on in the floor, they would sit in the balcony, yeah. they would go to the Senate chambers, um, and just, which it's just, it's it. a great experience, yeah, great experience right? right? So went on that field trip with Aaron mm-hmm. when he was in fourth grade, went on that field trip with Anna yeah. when she was in fourth grade and my kids are 12 years apart. So... It gets, it's a year for Libby's. And you're there. No, I'm asked to run. Oh. So I was a chaperone for Libby. And on that trip, that field trip, which I'd done two prior times, I'm climbing the granite steps in my head thinking, oh my gosh, I could be back here as a state representative. Mm. And then, so when I was elected, um, they have family swearing in day and everything. So of course my family came. And so then it was, Aaron was in Colorado. So it was Anna and Libby and my stepchildren after they had made that field trip to the state house. Yeah. Now they were there again. And to, for, to see that process, that must be cool. That's like neat for a kid to see. But it goes one step further. Yeah. So right before that, it was um, five years. So the time that my business failed and when i got elected as a state rep there was a window of like five years or six years six years during that time i was a um it's called an ed tech yeah so um working at the elementary school primarily with one student Mm. which is an anomaly of sorts yeah but anyways so libby and i went on her field trip the next year i got elected I was at, I was greeting the next group of students oh. as a state representative yeah. and, you know, doing um, a talk with them and giving them part of the tour. So the student I had been with for five years, he then oh. saw me as a state representative. Oh, so wow. I went from an ed tech who he spent time with every single day yeah. to then being his state representative. Wow. And those kiddos that came, 
to visit. They had also been with me for five years from K through third when I was in ed tech. So mm. here they are going up on their field trip and seeing someone. They and then ed tech is low on the totem pole. I'm not yeah. saying that it's not. No, it's extremely difficult. It's, it's the hardest job, I would yeah. say, ed tech than politics. Yeah. Two hardest jobs and the two least paying jobs I've ever yeah. had in my life. Yeah. And um, so that part of it is pretty magical for me. And I think about that because I think it just for those kiddos to study state politics and um, have that trip to the state house, but then to go there and see someone that was working as an ed tech, someone that was yeah. their cafeteria monitor, their right. lunchroom monitor for all those years or out on recess with them. Well, or like, like said, the lowest paying probably job in the, in the school. If, if yeah. I didn't even have a desk at the school. Yeah, you know, so I was your next thing they see is you're up at the state house, you know, on committees. So, and, you know, what does that teach those kiddos? Like yeah, anybody can do it. Well, yeah. <laughs> no, but anybody can, right? I mean, anybody, yeah. And I mean, that, that's a great it, thing to lead into. So when they approached me, I was like, Oh gosh, you know, I don't have a law background. Yeah. I, I, you know, yeah, I had poli like sci in yeah. high school, yeah. like, Civics in high school. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I had anything in college. And um, I was incredibly hesitant and reserved because I was like, I did not feel confident that I could go up there and know what I was doing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, uh, we talked about it before, like the, the, the uh, especially when you talk about committees and you being on the committees and the information that would be coming to you and the complexity of some of these things. Like, there's no way anybody can really understand all of it. No, there are pockets of people that get elected like our, so I sat on health and human services and our committee chair, Patty Hymanson. Mm. She's a wonderful woman. She was a um, representative from York, Maine. She was also a, she used to come to the other studio. She did. She was also a neurosurgeon. Yeah. She's so brilliant. She had been working within Mm. medicine for her whole career. Mm. So she had a firm grasp. Yeah on a lot of the policies that were coming through the committee. And we, in, you know, in one year, we'd hear over 2000 bills on our committee. Like it's a lot. And I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget the, um, the first day of orientation on the committee, you're sitting in the horseshoe and you have microphones and there's always TV cameras in um, health and human services because it's policy that affects everybody really. Yeah. And especially the state of Maine with its rural population. Mm -hmm. And at that time, so many hospitals closing and, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the welfare programs were being under, well, that's an opinion, but Mm -hmm. underfunded. And Mm -hmm. there was a huge cry for, for help from a lot of different populations. Wasn't that, uh, I remember what Paige was saying that the state needs to pay back the hospitals or something like that at the time. We, when I was there, so many hospitals just went under. We, well, like, that, I guess what you're saying. So we got to like the state has to pay the hospitals because we haven't paid them for oh, the care. The, that they, oh, they, yeah. They, yeah. So I mean, I don't think it actually happened. I can't remember if it actually happened. No, monies weren't flowing yeah, right. through the proper like channels. So that, I would say, you know, without knowing specifically what he said, yeah. there was a huge issue where the monies weren't flowing. A lot of the programs were gutted. So, you know, a lot of clinical workers weren't being reimbursed. Mm -hmm. So the different programs weren't available to clients, you know, um, in every direction. It was just, you know, I remember, so health and human services, my gosh, like, I mean, this could, yeah, like 4,000 bills that I listened to and took part in and 
you know, heard testimonies, gave testimonies on. It's it's a lot. Mm -hmm. But so the first day, the orientation on the committee, and they did ask, you know, they came to me and they said, you know, we're considering you for Health and Human Service Committee. Honest to God, Dave, I didn't, they just said it was heady and it was incredibly important and they believed that I could that's fulfill a, big, a need that's a, that's a big or fulfill the role. Of trust right there. Well, and I think honestly, it was from the person that had brought me in. He had seen me build the little hat company through the years of that it opened until, you know, it had gotten so big and then uh, we lost it. So I think mm. he had watched from afar and knew that I, you know, yeah. was somewhat at, somewhat more intelligent than the average bear, yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. but still anyway, so that first day they give you this like thick binder and it's all the acronyms, <laughs> you know, all, and it's just thousands and thousands of different acronyms yeah. for different, uh, groups, uh, insurances. Mm. I remember like you just get so much information. You can be sitting there for 10 hours in one day and, like things start to jumble, like Medicaid, Medicare, like, you know, and it's just, it's a lot. So you have your committee work, but then you're also going to the floor and you're hearing all the other bills from all the other committees. And you have to be, you have to take a vote. The only way you don't vote is if you're not seated when the final bell is rung. Mm. And so in some cases they would have, no, I shouldn't say this. In some cases, representative senators would not be present for certain votes. It's because they didn't want to take the official position because it would either be against their party or, or wouldn't be. Political. Off the record, yes. Yeah, yeah. So if they were in a voting district that was teetering. Yeah, if they didn't want to take a, 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 I don't want to say extreme, but like a far right or far left position on something. So a Democrat, that, yeah. Democrat that gets voted into a hugely conservative county or district. Yeah. They wouldn't want it. Like, and they, they agree with like a Democrat. So an abortion bill. bill. Right. Yeah. So they that could put their and, seat in jeopardy. Right. So they wouldn't go in and vote for anything because they might've said, Hey, I don't, you know, I would. And whatever. each, each situation mm-hmm. was unique unto its, unto its own. Who's holding that seat? Mm-hmm. Who, it's just like, and that's, interesting that's because, the game of politics. Yeah, it's just right, like all of this stuff kind of back to what we were saying, you know, if you're representing a community, like, you know, if I'm like a, you know, a Republican, but I'm elected in a heavily democratic County. Yeah. And it happens. There's an abortion bill for you know <clears throat> access to, to increase that, whatever it is, if it's good. And so do you go and now, you know, your constituents want you to vote for it. But when but you, you say, you know, your constituents. So one of the well, things I wanted to bring up, I know the constituents who voted for me, yeah. but you know, it wasn't a landslide. So it's not no. like I had 80% of the vote. Right. So like well, that's what I mean. 40, 40% of the vote was against me. So how yeah. do I represent those people that don't well, want me in the first place? And I don't agree with right. some of the things that they feel strongly right. about. So, I mean, imagine, you know, are they my constituents or am I representing the people that voted me in? Right. And I, I think that... on heavily debated bills. Now, yeah. some bills are, um, I would say, bipartisan. Hmm. And they're, 
they're few and far between, but like heavy load limits on bridges in the winter. Yeah. Tell me how that's democratic it's or not. Republican. It's not. Well, it was made out to be. Yeah. Well, I'm sure anything can be, but it's, you know, uh, I just, yeah. I mean, I imagine like, you know, I don't know how to, like, I, I, I don't think I have enough experience in the pool to know how to fix something like that. Like, I don't. Well, should you fix that? Can one person go in and fix it? Like, do some people think it's not broken? Well, what I mean is, it's always going to be imperfect, right? It's always going to be imperfect. If people are involved, it's imperfect. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, when you talk about systems of government, and this is what you know, I personally believe is is that you you go with the best stuff you can. It's it's going to leave some people out. It's going to. You you can never vote. In a way that is a benefit to 100% of the population. Right. So you're going to, like, you try to do the least harm. Try to, but it's going to do. But that's not always the majority. No, it's not. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is, you know, and that's and where, who determines that? Well, what the least harm is. It, like, but, if you and I, or no, let's say abortion, we take opposite sides. We won't it, say what. Right. There's there's no space for agreement on something like that. Yeah, right. Well, if we're coming at it from different sides, we're... Yeah. There's nothing like if abortion should be illegal or if it should be legal. Right. What's the compromise? Right. right exactly. And and that's where I mean, when you have a uh, you know republic like we do, a representative democracy of, of some type, it's going to go with the majority rules, right, wrong, or indifferent. But then you bring in things like gerrymandering. Oh yeah, and I mean, it, but that's what I mean. Is like, how do you? So the system's always being played. The system's always being recalculated. Right. It's always being reworked. Right. It's always well, being tweaked. Well, kind of like what you talked about was like, you know, um, you were talking about, like, you know, how they want you to vote. So you go into your morning caucus each day mm-hmm. that you have session. So what so that does... So whatever party you are. So you go to the you know, Democratic Party or, or Republican Party caucus. And there, we were growing mm-hmm. a sizable... Um, independent party when I was there enough so that it couldn't swing the vote Mm -hmm. so it had to be considered and I love that so then you're bringing together another voice instead of having just two two you're bringing that third voice in Mm -hmm. and it can tip the scale either way and just because of the what it is you can't always predict which way it's going to tip no um so each morning so Okay, so I'd wake up early, get the kids off to school, and get dressed, and then stop in Northborough to fill up my gas tank because I had to do that every day. It's a two and a half hour drive to Augusta. Yeah. And um, you head up there, you park, you have, you have your cute little badge. Um, you know, and I shouldn't say that. It's the ceremony and the tradition and the history that surrounds it. It's very humbling. Oh yeah, well you're. It's it's a, very humbling. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, you know, and for me, when you know I first graduated and I was wearing heels and suits and traveling all over the country, you, when you dress for me, when I dress like that, it's like you're putting on your um. It's your avatar. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when you put your uniform on. Mm-hmm. Captain Glazebrook, <laughs> you're different than you are sitting here in a hoodie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
right? Sure. Mm-hmm. So get dressed, drive the two and a half hours up there. You have um, locker room is shared by both parties. Um, put your stuff in because wintertime you got boots, overcoat, right? Like, and then um, you make your way to your caucus. A lot of times in the lobby, there'll be different action groups or lobbyists or um, small businesses, different unions, and they'll have coffee and refreshments out there. And then you always go for the free stuff, right? Of because course. you get paid, I think, <laughs> what did I get paid? 11000 a year, yeah, something like yeah. that. Like, so you go for the free food and in doing so, they have a captive audience. So right. they have their tables for their information. And it really does behoove you to talk and meet as many people from all over the state that you can, yeah, especially I mean, in areas that you're not, I'm not, you don't have a lot of experience. Yeah, or, I'm, not, I'm not necessarily against like lobbyists and special interest groups and stuff like that, like representing whatever. They're well, there's all different kinds. Well, that's what I mean. And, and like, Sometimes they are the experts on mothers this. against drunk drivers, right. they, they, but they are the experts on like, I might have some exception about what the, the money. What about the lawyers that are hired to represent big pharma? So, right. You know what I mean? Like that, I, that gets, but if I want to talk about, if I want to talk about a drug or anything like that, like who am I going to talk to? I, you yeah. know what, I can't remember the specific numbers, but one of the things that opened my eyes is one of the bills was wanting us to um, approve and mandate multiple vaccinations for things I'd never heard of. Yeah. And I want to say like 20 vaccinations oh, really? to become, and I know the whole thing, shoot high, maybe you get one or two. Yeah, right, yeah. But I just was like, oh my God, this is a business. Yeah, right. This is a business. Yeah, yeah. And, um, so you go, so you get your coffee, your donuts, what have you, and then you go to your caucus, and um, it's where your party kind of comes together. You review the daily docket, um, chairs of the different committees. If they have a bill that's going to the floor, they'll stand up and say, "Hey, look, you know, we vetted this bill in committee. We really think this is a great thing that ought to pass or ought not to pass." And then that's your opportunity as a representative to ask questions of leadership or people on the committee to because you're not there. Right. Yeah. You John, weren't there yeah, for the John. process. I wasn't right. in the agricultural committee. Right. Um, and <clears throat> you also have leadership. So what leadership does is they they have an agenda. They have a platform for you know, that term or for well, longer the term that, you know, the whole thing, yeah. Um, a game plan. They're the quarterback, right? So they're going to try to bring everyone together. And if there's certain representatives that are dissenting and causing, you know, red flag, red flag, they're going to try to not squash that individual, but rise to speak against it and to plug holes in their argument. Right. Now, so that's when you're, you're in the locker room, and you're going at it before you hit the floor. So, but this is where, so like, personally, like, like my problem with that is like, that should be open debate. It um, is open debate. Like, like the caucus. In the caucus. The caucus is, is closed, isn't it? For each, so each party is having their own caucus. Right. So they, I mean, like, there's, it's not like, an, it's not a public forum. You have those public forums in your committees. Right, but, but not I mean, everybody can. There's no I, way. Well, I know that. I know. I know what I'm saying is like. But different, so like start, different representatives will go listen to different 
committee hearings if oh, it's yeah. a bill that they're interested right. in, well, or they'll saying, also so, so you're not testify. The, you're not on the agricultural committee. But there's a bill that either I am trying to pass, that's my bill. Right. So like when one of the bills that I put um, through was to get rid of plastic bags. Yeah. I became a target with that one. Yeah. So I had to summarize what the bill would be and then it was written into legal language yeah. and then it goes in front of the committee i have to present the bill well first i have to get co-sponsors yeah and it behooves you to get high republican high-ranking yeah. democrat independents yeah. to get a broad range of individuals so you can get some buy-in mm. um and then so you have to go to that committee you need to present your bill and then also so then it's public forum, anyone. Right, in the community, yeah. No, anyone in the state of Maine. Yeah, that's what I mean. Can public come forum. and. Into the committee. And they right. come into the committee room and they have a, so many minutes that they can speak on that, mm -hmm. whether it should pass or not to pass. Mm -hmm. And then also, if it's a high profile bill, what will happen? It will go on for hours and out like the red flag bill there was a line out yeah. the door and there were so many um representatives and senators that wanted to testify that the public sometimes gets irritated because they've driven from all corners of right. the state and, and they're sitting and waiting for hours and hours and hours right. they always let the representatives and senators go first because they have other business right to get to right so it doesn't make sense if they're sitting right no, waiting. I, I get it. so but wouldn't they like in the caucus like they were kind of like I'm sure it's, this is kind of broadening it, but like kind of tell you, like you're going to vote for this bill or not vote for this. It bill. is heavily suggested. Yes, I mean, obviously, so they can't make in you. In theory, they can't make you. So, but, in but they can the, make you life difficult if you go against them. So, the game of politics cannot be <laughs> cannot be played by one, right? Right. So, but I mean. But if you go against the party, and I'm sure, like, you know, if you go once or twice, you know, like, but like, if, if you, you step out of line, if you keep stepping out of line, I mean, they can make, like, can they remove you? I guess they could remove you from a committee. Right? Leadership can remove you from a committee. Right. And then, um, but I don't know if they would do that for that because, um, I think when I was there, I think some people had gotten into trouble outside of the state house mm -hmm. and were removed or suspended from yeah, yeah. The DUI or yeah something but but wasn't um at the federal level with the new speaker of the house he removed yeah. what's her name uh, from a committee yeah i know what you're talking about yeah well he moved um he removed that one f uh california congressman who was uh, had some dealings with a uh, Chinese spy from the House Intelligence Committee because he said you can't, we can't you can't have a relationship with a Chinese spy and you know the House well, how do you know he's a Chinese spy well, she, it's a she. she she well it just it didn't look good I can't well a lot and, of things in politics then, don't uh, look good he removed I think Schiff mm -hmm. from I mean well honestly that guy kind of did it to himself and then uh, he removed that uh She's from Minnesota, right? Mm -hmm. I can't think and of her name right she's, now. She's, you know, uh, she's been, I don't know if she's been censured or something about anti-Semitic remarks. Oh, before. yeah, there was a hubbub yeah, about that. Yeah, so I think they, they removed her from some committee, too. So it happens. It happens. Yeah, it happens. I mean, but, but that's the opposite party doing it. I mean, like, you know, I'm sure, like, 
the Democrats have done the same thing to Republicans. You know, they get, that's a well, thing they go back leadership. So the Speaker of the House, I believe, is the only one that can remove someone right. from committee. Well, he he's the one that, or she. Is so the it's one not by party. It's by yeah, the. It's, it's, I think the committee, uh, the, the, the parties make recommendations to, hey, we want this person on a committee. And that per the Speaker is the one that actually assigns the committee assignments. Is the final. But, but you know, they say, okay, you know, there's, there's 25 people on the committee. You know what it reminds me of? Republicans, 12 the Democrats, yeah. you know, depending on what parties. Yeah, there's around. a lot that, the ratios, there's right. a lot that goes into that. And then also experience, right? Like yeah. you can't, your chairs have to be someone that has experience and bandwidth of knowledge yeah, because they're running job. the committee. Right. So, I mean, I'm at, well, like, I just like, like the federal level, like, you know, the, the, you know, the Speaker of the House, and then you have the leader of the, uh, the opposite party. And so like, you have majority and, leaders and minority leaders. Right. So you have, uh, and they're the ones that make the recommendations to the Speaker. And the Speaker has the final So side. it's like, it's like a, it's like, um, you know, I think about, so there's so much that goes into it. The yeah. seating charts. Yeah. You don't you get you don't get to go in and choose where you sit. Right. You so know, all of that is taken into account. Yeah. And you know, practically what they do is they take the representatives and this well, the Senate's a little bit different because it's so much smaller, mm-hmm. but the representatives they take the newbies, the first years, and they kind of sprinkle them around. Yeah, so that as you're going through the day is, and is, you're trying to get used to what's happening because it happens at is, the speed of light. The same thing like the federal does, like there's a Democrat side and a Republican side. So when I was there, it was split with the aisle, and then we had the majority. So the black, the back row, there were a few representatives, and then the independent parties. Okay. Sometimes. Some of the independents were sprinkled in on both sides, but then after I was done. Um, I'm not sure if it was the next term or the term after. They actually intermingled both parties. Oh, okay. And it was not well received, really? I heard. So you'd be sitting next, next to, to Republican, Republican if you're a Democrat yeah, right. or an independent. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And it wasn't well received. Huh? Why? Why was it well received? I mean, I uh, there, you know what? There's some long hours that take place there, and some of the debates are so heated, and there is um, in a heightened level of hostility, yeah. nobody wants to be. Yeah, now you're sitting next to the guy. I was just on the other team's a, bench yeah. when, like, yeah, I know I can see that. You know, you're down to the last yeah. minute of the game, right. right? Like, yeah, like if you're sitting next to somebody that you vehemently disagree with, and they were just up there, you know, pontificating for however long, and then now you have to go up there and you're sitting next. So, to them. and when you bring when the the bill goes to the house. So every every representative that wants to so when you want to speak on a certain bill you have a button. Mm. So when you press your button that puts you in queue. Mm. And you have to be heard. Mm-hmm. So there'll be times when oh, part so of the game to be heard you so you push your button say, you hey, have so to be heard. It's 5 o'clock we're going home. We're no going home. gosh there were so many late nights but so but what they can do and what they do do on both sides Say that it's a bill that um, high visibility. So when marijuana was going on, mm. right? We yeah. were doing, we were working on medical marijuana. A lot of people want to speak on it. The TV cameras are mm. there. You know, each marijuana specifically too, because each district has so much uh, skin in the game. Yeah, right. Whether they want it or they don't, yeah. it is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. it is a lot of headaches. Yeah. It has a 
you know, a far reaching effect, a ripple effect. You've got people that would die on the cross to not have it in their town. Right. And then other people that are just hammering to get it in their town mm-hmm. um, to revive a town. Different, It's everything. Mm-hmm. So everybody wants to talk on it. Everybody wants to be heard so that their constituents can see them. Mm-hmm. Right. So what will start happening is leadership will start sending notes because that's how you communicate when you're in session. You yeah. have, I have one here, your pad and it's got your, your name and your title at the top oh, and yeah, your yeah. seat number. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So that's what you use to communicate. Oh, so you, so if you're trying to um, edge someone for a bill or if yeah, you're, right. it, and a lot of horseplay too, to be honest, because yeah. some things are so dry, like, <laughs> and you're in there and there's sandbagging and it's just, it's yeah. a game. Yeah, I can only imagine. But like sometimes leadership will send notes and have you stand down. And really, and turn your button off really? because there's well, a different request, strategy. It's and if they've request, got 50, it's a request, but it's, 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 cannot it's, it's like you. you will vote this way. We can't tell you to vote that way, but we strongly urge. So one time <laughs> I went, a, I went against caucus and it wasn't to be like, Oh, I'm going to go against caucus. Yeah. It was because I thought the bill should be passed for the, the benefit and well being of my district in its entirety. It wasn't, in my view, it wasn't a partisan bill. Right. It was, well, it was about small farms. Small farms, right. You tell me about this. And so that was kind of my first rub. I had a lot of rubs. But, but, you, like, but didn't you get called into like this? I got called in and just said, you know, we want to talk to you about why you voted this way on this bill. We had, you know, in caucus, we had said that you got called it was in, in, in agreement or understanding we were going to vote yeah. as a party. Right. And you got called for carpet and you said, hey, and I was like, well, you know, like I, I said, line? huh? Was it kind of like, like, hey, fine, but get in line. Yeah, it was get in line. Yeah. Interesting. We need you to be in line. And, you know, if everybody's dissenting, right. you're in the military. If yeah. everyone's doing what they want to do and right. not following in lockstep, right. whatever that's called, what do you, right? Are well, you, I, I agree and I disagree. I mean, I think that. If you're a true party person, what I found out. Yeah. I'm the opposite of that. Right. You are. I mean, it's like, if I, mean, I was going to stay and I almost, I had a, um, I'll never forget. I, I, I emailed my, um, middle school social studies teacher from the floor because I was like, I did not sincerely think I could continue the term in, mm-hmm. in my party. And I wanted to switch yeah, and so become an independent during the term, which, I was elected as one party and I, so I had rub against that. I was like, I was a rep, I was elected to represent this party. Right. Right. And I don't think like halfway through the game, what if I jumped ship ship to join the independent party? Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I just find it it just interesting, you know, the the inner workings of how it happens. How things are made, the sausage is made. Oh, that was another one. Yeah. The sausage is made. No yeah. one wants to see how the sausage if I no. hear that one more time in my life. Yeah, but no one no one wants to see it, right? They don't. But no, but I wanna say that and I don't want to paint an entire I don't want to paint negativity on leadership of either party no, because no, I don't think the you are hours yeah. and the interactions yeah. and the breadth of knowledge and I think about how much I had to filter myself with being on TV constantly. Mm-hmm. 
um, it's tough. It's tough, and well, it's, they're it's exciting, they're the job. face of the party. And, and it's uh, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. That's a big job. And like, it's a huge responsibility. And they took. And I would say honestly that when I was there, even though it was so divisive, and it was such like a crazy time, I was told. Yeah. Well, that like, they, I respect. Mm-hmm. I have a huge respect for, you know, people. Not every person there. I will say that. No, I, I mean, need to be transparent. Well, there were a couple of people that I was like, mm-mm. "Well, I mean, I mean, just, I mean, I don't know anybody personally that's you know, but like some of them just like they're real sleaze bags. Like they just, it's but that's it, everywhere in life. It, it, that's kind of what I'm like. And you know what? One person exactly. might think someone's a sleaze bag, and then the next person thinks they're the. The hero. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's perspective. That's but humanity. I think you were elected at a certain time too. It, it's, you know, interesting. It, it's so dis- divisive. And so like, you know, you told me before, like some of the, like the hate mail you get. I got death threats. Death threats. On um, speaking up for, on um, immigrants, uh, second generation immigrants that had actually um, contributed more monies yeah. To the state of Maine than a certain population of multi-generational. Yeah. And that was not well received. Oh, I'm sure. But again, it was well, it was a fact. The red flag bill you were talking about. Um, I'm sure just that, you know, and I mean, I always look at, the, you know, the government is always a, it, it is representative. So we get the government we deserve. I mean, if, if we don't have an educated populace, if we don't have people that are willing to be critical thinking, and ask, or if you don't have people that are willing to stand up to serve well that's what i mean and and i mean i think at least at the federal level i think it's getting more increasingly difficult difficult for a regular person to run for office i mean honestly i don't want why you want jared golden from maine ran yeah. and he he won the seat yeah. as a representative right. of the federal yeah, he, he is did. a regular guy yeah but i mean i just I don't know why you'd want it nowadays, though. Like just the stuff that they're dragging. Well, that's that's part of it. What I want to say on this pod, podcast is there is a passion for service. Yeah. There, you know, I got in there and I was just was not the place for it. Mm-hmm. I I believe in service, but that's not the way that I'm going right. to do my best service. And I saw that very quickly. And could I've stuck it out three more terms? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it would have been miserable. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Do you want to do that? Yeah. So. And at the time, my kids were really young. Yeah. Um, but anyone that goes into it, state level or federal level, it, it, there are different levels of involvement in government. Different committees have different bandwidths. So, again, my perspective was one of, I think, the second busiest committee because it's controlling a large, you know, it's a large percentage of the state's money's budget. Um, There are other committees that, you know, they probably left at three o'clock in the afternoon Mm -hmm. unless it was a a crazy voting day in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's not, it's not one experience for every politician at a state level. Mm -hmm. Just like any other system, there there are more. There are some positions that involve involve you being on twenty four seven, right? Because if I would have twenty bills to read, twenty bills 
for the next day or say even like, okay, so say so many bills for the week. Um, I leave at 6.30. I get there, park. You're in caucus before nine, you know, and then either you go to committee or to the floor. Committee could be eight to 10 to 12 hours and you're going through bills that are being presented that day. Then at the same time, you also have to get up, be aware of bills that you're going to be voting on from other committees. And then at the same time, you're pushing your own bills through. And then, well, that's what I'm saying there. And I want to be quite honest. Like, so if I was there at eight o'clock at night and I had the two and a half hours home, you know, kiss the kiddos, hit the bed. I have to be up at six. Yeah. How much am I going to, even if I am reading everything, which let me tell you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pages no of, of legal vocabulary. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's a real page turner. Um, not, well, it's just hard to decipher well, if you're not saying. used it's, to it's, reading it. Yeah, you're, you don't even know what you're, you're There's a lot of four syllable, yeah. five syllable yeah. words. They that, do have staff too. I mean, they, they give you a staff, right? You have an aide. And I had, um, Dan Shigori, who actually just ran, and I believe he was elected, but he was one of the more senior aides, and he was like Encyclopedia Britannica. Right. I can only remember. Um, I'll never forget. He was, um, I was sitting at his desk because they were there to help you move through, especially as your first term, and mm. educate you and keep you, keep you on the right track. Yeah. Not telling you how or what to but, vote what on. This means, but, what that but this is, is the procedure. The this is yeah, this is these are the people, these right. are the players. This yeah. is where you can go for additional information. Yeah. If you need something, um, you're trying to help a large part of it is helping constituents out. Yeah. yeah I um and that's really a lot of the time I would lean on Dan and say, Dan, this, you know, a constituent approached me. They're not getting paid for this program. Um, they're being kind of blocked. Um, How can we help them? Yeah. And he, and he would or a lot of times it's people like that one scenario was actually someone that I had made a relationship with in committee that worked for the state. And he was pretty high up. So I said, hey, look, I have a constituent. And he, he was working for the opposite party. And he, he was like such respect for him. He listened to me. We presented the facts and he goes, that's not okay. I'm going to take care of it for you. Please let your constituent know that I've heard and I'm on it. Oh, and he cool. took care of it. So those are the success stories, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but so did you also have to like, did you meet with special interest groups, lobby groups, or did you, or, or did they just like, you just go to committees or like how, I didn't have a ton of time, but I yes. Know, so there are that, dinners. But, yeah. There are dinners. There are cocktail hours. So it's kind of like house yeah. of cards. So you go to the hotel, um, and it's Augusta, Maine. It's not New yeah, York or yeah. DC or <laughs> like. Um, so you go to the Senator Hotel, which is like thirty-three dollars a night. Yeah. Not knocking it. It's no, just. Yeah. It's. it's but you go and there's little cocktail hours. And yeah. so you've got a full day in. Oh, there's one thing so funny. Remember I told you I was almost kicked off of National Honor Society? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my good friend Kathy, she ended up being valedictorian of her high school class. And we played field hockey together. Um, I was new to high school, um, but was asked to be on the NHS. And um, there was this 
guy, I don't even know if I should say his name, but like just charismatic, super intelligent. Everybody loved him in high school, just a different kind of thinker, cute. Mm. Um, he decided to run for president of the state national honor society, oh, okay. state level. And he came to Kathy and I, and he's like, Hey, you know, I've got this great campaign. I have a speech. I just need some help passing things out. Um, once we get there in the crowds and this is what I want you to say. And, um, Kathy and I are like, sure. Yeah, of course. We'll help you out. You're a nice guy. So we take the bus up to, I think it was Bangor UMO and um, Mike's got the whole speech and I'll never forget the advisory for NHS, uh, looks to the back of the bus and goes, Kathy, Jen, come here for a second. She calls us up to the front of the bus and she goes, have you read his speech? And we're like, no, he'll be fine. She goes, have you read his speech? And we were like, no, we we trust him, right? Like, so he gives us these big bags of shell peanuts in the shell. Oh, yeah, yeah. To hang out, to hand out in the lobby of the auditorium at UMO. And we're supposed to say, we're supposed to give them to people and say, vote for Mike Biggis, he's got nuts. And like, we should have known, right? Like we, at that point, so we handed out, like there were, there are hundreds, if not a thousand kids there. So we hand them out and then we get into the auditorium, we're sitting down and then, no, we were on stage, we were holding signs and we get the signs right before we got it out. And it says, vote for Mike Biggis, he's got nuts. And then, so, but his whole speech was on the preface of his nuts. And yeah, it was, it was so bad, but he's got the kahunas to get job, to get the job done. So he got, I think he got kicked off. Oh, really? NHS. We all got a lashing when we got back. The whole auditorium erupted in laughter when he got on speech and started talking stage. Kathy and I got pulled in. We got scolded, but we didn't get kicked off. So anyways, this, I have a point. So I'm up in Augusta, right? Have no, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm so exhausted. I am perpetual hives because yeah. I don't want to do anything wrong. And I just want to, I want to serve if yeah, you know, right. people you believed right in me. For the right, yeah, right reasons. So I'm at one of these cocktail parties <laughs> and someone taps on my shoulder and I turn around and it was, it was the kid that had run for president. <laughs> yeah, right. And that, I'm not going to say his name. But so I turned around. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then um, he was a lobbyist. Oh, no kidding. He's a very successful lobbyist. That's so I would see a lot of him up there when yeah. I was Augusta. That's funny. But, yeah, so you they they hold these cocktails and these receptions or these luncheons or these breakfasts. Like information type They'll do slideshows. They'll yeah. have well, things to hand out. Bad. I mean, I mean, I mean, you've got to go into it like knowing they have a certain perspective on things. Of but, course, but, but you okay. also need contact connections right. to be right. successful. If, I mean, you know, like if you've got a question about a policy or a point of view, or they might be good resources for you to use. Uh, say, you know, hey, what's the information you guys are, you know, placating on this and. Uh, you know, I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I, I think lobbyists should be limited in like maybe money they can give or the power they wield. But I mean, as far as but you, but we got in at one time because you said there was nothing wrong with Citizens United. I didn't say there was anything wrong with Citizens United. I think 
the the ruling is correct legally but it's it's once again i always go with so you go with the the letter of law and not the premise of well no you can go with the spirit of the law but the way and you know but just to show you how screwed up it is because has it been fixed i mean i agree i mean i don't i do not think corporations are people i think it's ridiculous i don't i don't think the girl scouts should be able to give money to a politician as a group no union, no corporation, no nothing. There was a certain senator and I had put forth, I called it, um, instead of death with dignity bill, right. You know, I called it life with dignity because I consider life birth to death. Yeah. And, um, I was so excited because the committee chair was a opposite party and, um, was uh, lean towards less government. Everyone has the right to their own body, like mm-hmm. blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. I go, oh, my God, I finally yeah, have yeah. a bill yeah. that Senator can co-sign for me and get behind. Because he was on the other end of the spectrum with 99% of the policy that came through committee. But we were also able, for whatever reason, to have discussions like you and I do non-heated discussions where we could agree to disagree, Mm -hmm. but also would listen to one another. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know what? In the end, he said he was so sorry that he couldn't because of um, the Christian Christian, Civics League had donated a ton of money to his campaign. And I go, I was like, I did say, are you fucking kidding me right now? For all the times that you talk about the money in politics and how important it is to have less government, especially when, oh, I was like, I imagine it's frustrating. I was livid. And I'm sure I pissed so many people off too, but like I, that was the game that I'm just not. Yeah. And and that's what I mean is I, I I, like the citizens United, I understand why the ruling was made from a legal standpoint, but as you know, as far as like, if I look at common sense wise, that doesn't make sense that, yeah, I don't think, I think, you got to get money out of politics. I, I think before you even talk about like term limits or anything like that, personally, I think you got to look at, you got to get the, the, the money out of politics. Well, so that's, that was one yeah. of the things you're, you just hit it on the head because what I watched transpire sitting on the horseshoe and committee is that, and it almost became like not a game to me, but I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So you'd have everyone fill into the committee room. Like, people that would be personally affected by the bill and Mm. wanted to share their personal story businesses that would be affected uh, Mm. professionals. So we heard a lot from doctors or therapists or um, researchers, a lot of people from universities, even Mm. people, you know, we'd bring forward studies from MIT or, so it was well vetted. Like I am actually really impressed with the committee work at the state level. But then what I, what I quickly realized that at the back of the committee room, there were all these people in suits that never said anything, but they were always there in the beginning. And so what I later found out was what happens, the lobbyists don't have term limits. Mm -hmm. So one lobbyist can be there for 20 years. So he's got 20 years of experience, 20 years of contacts, 20 years of building funds, Uh, working with high profile clients. So what they would do is they sit in the back and let me tell you, like the newbies come in, it's like watching, you know, 
um, reruns of I Love Lucy show. The newbies come in, they make the same mistakes all the time, right? Mm. So the lobbyists let them do their do their thing, and they watch. They know after watching for so long who they're going to be able to steer, who they're going to have to pin down, who they can ignore, right? Who's you know it's not not going to make a peep. Yeah, they know. So little by little, the further you get into the the year, yeah. they start the quiet whispers yeah. of certain representatives and because on the committee you have a committee is comprised of two chairs, a Senate chair and a yeah. representative yeah. chair. And yeah. then depending on the majority party, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, they'll stack certain committees that have more mm-hmm. more of a of a political agenda. Yeah, right. Um so that that was disheartening to me is that mm-hmm. lobbyists they they're the banker in right. monopoly right and that's and that's and that's what i mean is i think that you know i think they gotta and you know you know going back to citizens united i mean that's that's the problem is that they made that ruling i i understand the ruling the Koch brothers but, yeah but that's where Coke, is there one know, at, at least at the federal level that's where it goes back to Congress. But let me tell go, you okay, that federal make, level, well, that federal level drains down into state level, oh yeah, sure down into local level. Right. Those I, I federal it's... dollars yeah. are strategically planned Absolutely. and supplanted in state level, right. uh, city level, town level. Yeah, yeah I mean, it filters all the way down. Yeah, but that's what I mean, though, is, is where that's where it has to go into, like, hey, you know, they have to make it. It, it might even take a constitutional amendment. Uh, where it's going to be like, hey, we got to limit funds that can be flowing to a representative of the people, and there's different ways to do it too. But there's a lot of different well, people. Well, well, yeah, but I, but I even talked about like, you know, who actually owns like the internet, radio waves, and TV waves. The government does. No, the government, they don't. Yes, they do. They lease it to those companies to air on. That's why you have cable access channels. That's why you have NPR. That's why you have, because the government can say, hey, listen, we lease these to you Mm -hmm. so you can broadcast what you want. And I've heard before, like some of the biggest expenses for, uh, I don't know if this is 100% true, but I'm sure it's somewhat true, uh, that, you know, some of the business expenses is the advertising campaigns, you know, on social media, I'm sure, and and TV and whatever else. Well, if the federal government can lease, you know, owns this, they can put stipulations like, hey, you can only charge, like, you know, so much or whatever. Well, they can. They can, but they won't because... Or they don't. Well, they don't because... Sometimes they might. I don't think they do because back to the Citizens United thing, like, so if they make that ruling, well, why haven't we fixed it since then? We're not going to. It doesn't... Because, well, who doesn't want that fixed? Well, that's just it. Who yeah. doesn't want to fix it? The people that are in power. I mean, when, you know, you have, you know, representatives of government, like, like you know, they make, I think a congressman makes $140,000 a year. It's not a lot. No, it's not. People a lot. think it's a lot, but but suddenly you know they go in. They go. They in. have other perks though. Well, well, this was. Well, they go in and they you know make one hundred forty thousand dollars a year, and thirty years later they're multimillionaires. How does well, that they make, happen? Well, they're well, also. Well, what I know what happens is it's not they're getting direct money from the insider trading, uh, book deals. No, they're also uh, part of a lot of um, politicians. Also have other things they're doing. Like what? Well, I'm thinking Cheney. Well, he, that's what. Well, Cheney when he was a part of Halliburton. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They have other well, avenues of wealth creation. 
part of Halliburton when he was a well, he wasn't an elected official until I think he was vice president. I think he might have been a congressman. Well, I don't know. But uh, wait, we're but over. You're not hour. allowed to do that when you're in office. So I'm, I'm talking about people like, work at the state level. They can't afford to live well, that's, on the state level unless they're retired. Well, I think you go to New Hampshire. I think they're paid one dollar a year. I mean, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. That, but what, there's also like six thousand well, representatives, but, right? But that's that's what I mean. Is is you know at the state level, I'm you know every state's a little bit different, at least at the federal level. Like so, you know how do you how do you stay 20, 30 years in Congress and you know have millions of dollars? So maybe, you know, okay, maybe you wrote a book. And like that, that could be some money. And there's other things they can well, do. Well, there's, of course, there's other avenues. There. But, it's yeah, well, it's America. They, well, that's what I'm saying. So money, they can write, money turns yeah. the wheel, right? So I think that's where they have to, they have to find a way. And it, it, it comes down to the individual voter. We I think be, clean elections. Well, running clean elections, but we have to demand that of our politicians. We have to demand it. And regardless of political party, if they're not doing what... The people are the majority, at least, are bidding. You're gone. No, you, you can't. You can't do that because, especially with the gerrymandering. No, but that's but you're the people that you're elected by. Mm. You know. But that's where we can still say, well, we demand a constitutional convention. To what? How do you decide what's right to vote on? Well, that's it's. There's it's no, messy. The, and the majority of the part, like. It's messy. There's so many issues that. There can't be just two parties to cover oh, so many I, I issues. Agree. I agree. I mean, I, I'm broad stroking it. You're but, very broad. I just but, don't think it can be done anymore. Well, I think it can be. It's just it's going to take a lot of will. And I think it's going to be systemic change. Yeah. Two party system is is you know, almost it, like an old dinosaur at this oh, point. Oh yeah, and, when, and it, I don't think it's going to happen like overnight. I mean, I think it might take. A but if long you think time. of our government, our government is like a blip of a. Mm-hmm. In the timeline compared it's to a, other countries and well, we've had parts long, of the world, our, our our government is quite successful in its continuation. But it's a baby, two hundred yes. years. Well, yes, and as as a country, we're a baby. As a country, we're a baby. So if you look at how governments change out, we're pretty old now. If you like, you know, so we, they have civil wars. Like, you know, think of France. How many times no, have they re- redone? Like they're still France. France has been around for how long? But as a government, they change over. Same thing with Germany. Uh, England might be a little old. I don't not one hundred percent sure on that. But they change their governments and they change their constitutions, or they throw the old one out. No, I don't know about one. that. You know more than I do. So, and you also know more about geography than I do. I know a lot more about geography. <laughs> you do. I concede on that. So we're over an hour. We're over an hour. Yeah, I, I I think it's a fascinating topic. I, oh, I, I'm probably going to get pummeled again. By no, the I think your, your, your experience is really interesting. It's and, incredibly and interesting. I think it's, it's 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 not only interesting, but I think it's it's a worthy for people to understand like some of the inner workings. Like you are like you know you. Well, and you that's only have, my perspective. There are many different well, know, perspectives but, 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 happening at the state house. What I always appreciate about you is like you know you definitely come from a a, a political viewpoint. But you're willing to work with people that don't have your political viewpoint. But someone came in the store. But also, wait. They said, "They go, I, I admire you. Were you, you actually crossed the aisle and talked to the other people." Right. And I was but, like, what? But, but to the point where, like, I think it's 
it's sad in the sense that, you know, like when you said at the end of your two year, like you're done and I don't blame you, but I did not go out on a high note. No, but you said, you know, I'm done because it's, it's divisive, right? It's visceral. And it's just a shame because you're the type of person you want in government. You think that, but you weren't there when I was there. Because what happens, like my personality, the same thing, like I have an entrepreneur spirit. Yeah. I do not work well with any organization larger than 25 employees. Yeah, but but what I'm saying is is the way the government said, like, I would like to see people like you encouraged to go. I upset the apple cart by accident when I'm not even trying to, Dave. But that's what I'm trying to say is, like, I would like to see people like you more encouraged to go into government instead of having the system and the process in place kind of kick you out because you don't fit in. No, they, no, they, so we have to be honest and transparent. Leadership came to me and they wanted me to run again. Oh, I'm sure they did. I wasn't kicked out. No, no, I didn't mean kicked out. What I meant is, is like your experience wasn't positive. No, but it's more because of who I am as an individual. I know. And that's what I'm trying to get at is, is I think who you are as an individual is beneficial to what government. Maybe, maybe it was beneficial for the time I was there. But I don't I, know. I think that. Some people would beg to differ, I'm sure. Yeah. But that's what I think is, is you're the type of person I would like to see more in government, but it's hard for people like you to be in there because of the way you, you operate. And I understand that, but. It, to me, like it, it limits, it limits the talent pool that we're going to have up there, at at at, uh, at at in a government level because it's not uh, going to drive a person that's very passionate about. I mean, not that they're not passionate, but they're like no, that's not true. You have I, to have a political. No, well, maybe not. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with where you're going, but I think um, what I've seen, it's an incredibly diverse population that lands in mm. politics today i'm yeah. not talking about like i had that framed picture of yeah. it was all yeah. white-haired representatives yeah. like if the year that i was elected we were um 50 male and female so yeah. that's that's wasn't typical yeah. um but so we're over an hour and um i kind of wanted to just you know we started this podcast you and i together you know, on the basis that two people with PTSD that don't really know each other, that come from two different sides of the aisle. I don't know, well, I don't know if we come two sides of yes, the aisle. Yes, we do. My sister said you're incredibly conservative. I She's like, she goes, every time you say you're not conservative, it makes her giggle. <laughs> She's like, who? And she's moderately conservative, but it's like. Um, I don't think I'm that far conservative. I'm definitely concerned on some issues. Sure. Oh my God. You were, so, what do you, oh my God. But you, we've been to, we've been doing this over a year, but what has happened is um, just like our conversations, just how we allow each other space to think differently. Yeah. We've allowed the podcast to kind of ebb and flow so like where it needs to go, right? you know sometimes it's you and i then sometimes it's me sometimes it's you by yourself me by your podcast that you did by yourself is still number one no the, the amy's story. story yeah did i do another one did i do a second one not about amy no not about amy can i do another one you did a, a few of them but that oh, that one had on, some on, traction uh, when i saved anna from the end that one anna on the that one nosedived did it really yeah that's at the bottom of <laughs> it 
Is it really? Yeah. But so then I started having guests because we our schedules weren't running, yeah. weren't lining up. We were fighting or whatever, and um, we weren't fighting. So one of the most recent one is when Daryl Frank came on and yeah. shared a story about becoming a mortician. Yeah, that's a good one. That one like went through the roof. Yeah. It's still growing. I think one of my favorite ones is still when Libby came on. With Libby's little podcast. <laughs> She's sweet. But so I'm holding in my hand. We have to wrap this up. But it's just funny that in the mail came something from the state house this week. And it's oh, called right. Welcome Back Day. Yeah. So um, speaker Rachel Tal Talbot Ross, she was first term when I was there. Oh, really? She's now the speaker of the house. Troy D. J Troy D. Jackson, president of the Senate. He is my boss. Like, I did have a political crush on Troy. Oh, really? Um, just a great guy, and I aligned with a lot of his ideologies and what he focused on. Because for me, the topics and the, the bills and the movements that he focused on are, for me, worthwhile efforts in moving the state forward. Mm. Not for everybody, but it, he just seemed to, like, not play the – the party games and yeah. that's good. I mean, not get that, caught up in the drama up there. Yeah. I, mean, I think in general, if we have good people up there, like regardless of where their political affiliation or if you have people that are willing to listen to people like, like, like Bernie Sanders, like, like when I see Bernie Sanders, I so see, Troy Jackson could be Bernie Sanders. Yeah, like, I, I like, I listen to Bernie Sanders talk and I go, Oh my God. But why do you say, oh, my God, he's so intelligent. You don't well, like no, his accent? No, 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 no. What I mean is is like like some of his ideas I just don't agree his with. His ideas are so vetted. And it's not like he's pulling stuff out of his arse. Regardless, but he's, he's – but I've seen You him. may not agree with them. Oh, and I, look, that's what I mean. But I can say, like, he, he truly cares. And he wants to – I think he, he's – you know, this is just me surmise because I don't know the man. But, you know, he truly cares, and I think he truly wants the better. And, you know, you can always work with people. Like I was that. so sad when he got yanked from the oh, camp, the election. He, you got know. he got screwed over <laughs> by, what's her name? I'm not even going to say yeah, it. By, by her own, well, you got, She's you got a senator now. She's got a senator up. now. But, like, um, I was so sad we named our cat Bernie. Yeah, you did. Our little kitten became <laughs> Bernie when he was yanked out. But yeah. So do you want to go to the Hall of Flags with me? The Hall of Flags oh. at the State House. We can go up and I can give you a tour of all the little. No. No. You'll pass. I'll, I'll go up and I am. I'm still uh, upset about some of the methodologies that stay having together. You know, I've been there enough. But um, there's just, you know, there's a friend. He was actually, um, it's funny how life works, uh, had moved into first home. Aaron was a little boy. Not my first home, but. Yeah. Um, and our neighbors across the street, I was pregnant with Anna and became friends with uh, Tina and would just go over and hang out at their house and everything. And I, I remember going in and I'd be sitting at the table and they'd have me licking envelopes <laughs> closed and stuffing them and putting stamps on. And I was kind of like, just not interested. He was running for Olympia's nose seat. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> So they became great friends and he ended up going back to the state house the year that I was there. And okay. it's people that have so Mark Lawrence, he's a senator currently. Yeah. 
he's a lawyer, but he's also a stand-up citizen and he's brilliant and just, he's like, for me, he's like Troy Jackson. He's there for the right reasons Mm -hmm. and he can navigate the system so effectively and seamlessly because he's just so diligent and experienced and, um, it's a coming from, in it, it my opinion, coming from the right place mm-hmm. in governing and politics. And um, he helped mm-hmm. me out. So there were so many people, Anne-Marie, who you met, mm-hmm. um, Patty Hymanson. I mean, there's so, Drew, um, Dan Chigori. There's so many people. And um, my my uh, old friend, Dave, mm-hmm. he was my seatmate and, again, a friend. And I'm not Maggie. But you go up there and you almost have to create or find your tribe. And uh, I just was fortunate with the brilliant people that I did work with and allowed me to like kind of. um, It was, it must have been, I mean, overall very. Think of like a pack of wolves. If you get like, if you get ousted. Hmm. But I was really fortunate. There was a, you know, in both sides of the aisle, there were some people that I found that I could, you know, um, confidence, if you will. And there were a couple of Republicans that we would, you know, say, heads up, where is your party coming from? Where do you land on this? Do you have any any room to move, you know, if they needed a vote across the aisle or if they could move outside of their caucus? So I, I... I honestly be, believe everybody that gets up there cares, uh, and care, it's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, I think for I, no money, to be yeah. honest. I mean, especially I think at the state and local level, I think it's a it's a different animal than it is at the federal level. Uh, and then we we get so much focus with the federal level too, but you know the the lo- local level. There's a lot of communication between oh. two levels, the both levels. Oh yeah, no, I, I know. Constant that. communication and well, like um, you said, where all the money comes down. Well, the grants. Yeah, the um, grants. But also, um, Trump was sending aides down to LePage's office because yeah. they wanted to recreate what he had done with Health and Human Services at well, the federal, federal level. Yeah. Well, I know that I know that same thing kind of happened with. Uh, Obama was president. We sent people down to Massachusetts. Yeah. So I mean, they're 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 conduits. It's just like you know, um, the brain, the synapses. Everything's connected. Yeah. Ruby's done. Ruby, Ruby is like, listen, guys. So are we ever going to see you again or hear you again on the podcast? You kind of like your role of producer better, I think. I I I feel like I'm a very good producer, behind the scenes kind of guy. I definitely have a face for radio. So I don't know. I feel like. (laughs) I wish I could record your helpful hints like when, you, when after you listen to a podcast and you're like, well, you're definitely a Vata. You're the, you're the ether. The funniest thing when Daryl Frank says, you're going to have to keep me focused. <laughs> you got the wrong person. I was like, you've got the wrong person. <laughs> you got the wrong person in front of you. Um, what was I going to say about the podcast? No, you'll see me. We'll, we'll be. You'll gonna, be back. We're gonna have uh, more in-depth conversations. Are we ever gonna talk about PTSD? Yeah, if you want to, we can do that. We did. <laughs> we did a podcast on PTSD. You want to do another one? We can do another one. Politics and PTSD. I definitely got triggered. I definitely oh, I had hives. Know. I had to like there. I 
yeah, I had some emotional heightened <laughs> experiences, well, both in private about? and on the floor. Yeah, we can talk more about that stuff. We're not. Yeah, we can talk more about that stuff. I'm fine with that. We can talk about whatever we want. I to. just don't want to talk about gender roles. Well, you know, because I destroyed you on that podcast so badly. Yeah, you know. <laughs> maybe that's it. I did meet your mom. Yes, you did. Now, now I'm no longer the favorite. That's not true. But anyways, so wrap it up, Joe. Yeah, I'll wrap it up. See, this is how you wrap it up. <laughs> so, uh, well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, we'll be uh, hopefully back again soon. Maybe it will be with me. Maybe it will be with somebody else. We're not sure. Uh, but if you'd uh, like to send any comments or suggestions our way, please do. Uh, you can find Jen over in South Berwick at a little something on uh, it's James Street. On what street? What street? What's that? Paul Street. Paul Street, yeah, Hawaii. Paul Street. Yeah. That's yeah, okay. So. And um, you can find David at York on yoga. <laughs> York on yoga. Yoga on York. 12 days a week because summer's coming. Yeah. we will yeah, be paddling up a the, creek the, the, without the, a paddle. The schedule's <laughs> out and I'm going to be very busy this summer. You've done a lot since the year that I've met you. You've expanded the studio and um, I really think you've done a good job. I hope so. It's 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 doing. You better. stole one of my employees. I did. I stole. I stole Michelle. <laughs> Gave her a better deal. Probably. <laughs> Republicans do. Republicans well, I, I, pay I, more. I, I know how money works because I'm conservative. So yeah. <laughs> but also, I follow Bernie, so I pay more than the yeah. minimum wage. Yeah. So do I. I pay. I'm I'm the best paying yoga teacher studio in in the, in the area, by far. In Not York. In York, Maine. No. Go anywhere. You can make more of my studios as, as an instructor than any other place. That's great. That's great. It's important to me. I want good instructors, and I pay them well. So. Are you a good instructor? No. I just I just tell lots of stupid jokes that people laugh at. That's all. Yeah, That's you it. do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wait! Oh, last okay. story we had to last tell. Story. Funny. Okay. So I thought my cat was gone. Oh yeah, we thought we thought we lost Bernie. No, no Eloise. We thought we lost Eloise. Oh my god! So the last three, four days we've been panicking. Has it been three nights that no, she's so been it's gone? Been four days, three nights, and we thought she's gone. That's it. I and I wasn't worried at first. You were worried. Usually worried. you're the. I, I was worried, and then sure enough, like I saw a cat. You know, because they're both black. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Eloise is Bernie's mom, so they look. Like, but Eloise is petite. Yeah, tiny. Eloise is smaller than than Bernie. Bernie eats well, and uh, <laughs> I just thought it was funny because I saw you know cat come up today. And like, oh, hey Bernie! And I even thought like, wow, Bernie's lost a little weight. That's good. <laughs> That's good. No, you never said that. Yes, I me. did. I told you. I told like Bernie was smaller, and then. Uh, but then I. Then you just let you just let a cat out. Like, I let Bernie came out and I was like, oh, oh my gosh, Bernie came up from the basement because they hide from Harry. Yeah. And like, so um, I let Bernie out and then you're in the office or something. And all of a sudden I hear the crunch, crunch of the food of the <laughs> kitty. And I'm like, no, I, I didn't think it was Eloise. I thought there was rodents yeah. that were in the Eating cat's the cat dish. Food. And um, so I opened the basement door because we have the, the dishes are at the top stoop. But um. Freaking Eloise is right no, there. No, that's Bernie. That was Bernie at the top of the stage. No, that yes, was Eloise. I'm telling you right now. That Hand was to that, Jesus, that was Eloise. No, I saw that, that. That was a fat cat. 
that was Bernie. Doesn't matter. Both the cats. Well, we have both. Well, except we don't for one of them went one out. out right now. So, and the, and, and the camera hasn't gone off. So, I don't know if she's out there. She's, and then watch this cat disappear for yeah, four nights. Yeah, I hope not. All right. So, once again, you can meet Jen if you'd like to. <laughs> Stop by the store a little something on Paul Street in South Burlick, Maine. Or you can visit me at Yoga on York in York, Maine. Thank you for joining, and until next time, have a great day.